everyone. Uh, today we have uh, Gary Pernovus uh, uh, with uh, Frannet and the author of the Unstoppable Franchise. Gary is the expert with over 30 years of experience helping businesses uh, to consider franchise systems, whether it's a single franchise or multi-franchise systems. And uh, you're going to hear a lot uh, of advice and expertise from Gary. Hi, Gary. Hello, Rashid. Thank you for having me join you today. Uh, thank you. It, it's a pleasure. And I am very happy to uh, be one of the first few people who received the early version of uh, your book. And I am in the process of uh, reading it and really enjoying it. I want to congratulate you on the launch of your book, The Unstoppable Franchisee. Thank you very much. Yes, it's pretty exciting. A little it, crazy, it is. but I, I do crazy well. Yes, as, as I know that you have uh, spent uh, over two years researching it, as you mentioned, and 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 putting a lot of effort in 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 gathering the the very detailed information and the seven stages and steps that uh, are needed to succeed. Right. Correct. I did. I didn't know when I started. Um, I I didn't know what the direction of the book would be. Um, I was challenged to find. Uh, something that was ubiquitous to all franchises, something that all franchise systems had had trouble with. So, I, and one of my lawyer friends said, "If you can find that invisible thread, you're onto something." So I went looking for it, and I found seven. But part part of what I did, Rashid, I interviewed over 30 CEOs of franchise systems, some of the biggest franchise systems on the planet. Then I interviewed a lot of top franchisees, the top four percent of those franchise systems. People were making uh, far more than the lion's share of the franchise base to find out what do the top people do that the rest don't uh, for the franchisees, and also to find out what do the top people not do that a lot of the franchisees do. So we got it both ways. Then I got the fran the, the corporate perspective, and I, I found this incredible um, compiling of of these seven components that were very consistent it didn't matter if it was food or janitorial or business to business services they were all consistent so it was really exciting it is it is definitely and i think your book comes out after a, a very uh, special era as i mentioned in the, in the introductory message to the canadian business owner magazine that we are entering a new era it's a post-pandemic era and a lot of assumptions and a lot of things that used to work in the past uh, uh, are questionable now and then also at the same time a lot of new opportunities the doors for new opportunities are opening and i think uh, the the way you have approached uh, uh, to help uh, franchise owners franchisees and and those who are trying to expand their franchise system is is a great opportunity as as we see since pandemic is uh, wrapping up and people are entering this new era they are looking into this as a more serious alternative to many of the other things that are not as stable well, and, and what we saw um, for, for the people who are looking at franchises, what we saw over the last three years, the way the franchisors behaved with their franchisees, there's a few different areas that are, are very telling. You're touching on the element of innovation and um, the how quickly the, the franchisees and the franchisors work together to respond to such a changing marketplace. Uh, so, so some franchisors just sat back and I'll, I'll just watch what happens. And the franchisees had to have, uh, go through a lot of suffering. Um, but the best in class and, and good franchisors and franchisees, they worked together from the very early days. 
and we've got technology advances that five to ten years of advances in two years because of this congealing of the oh my gosh we have a problem how do we solve it so yeah it's a different era but it's also an opportunity for prospective franchisees rashid to be asking questions about how did your franchise or treat you over the last three years you know how, how much did they innovate how much did you did they help you make the changes those are important questions they are indeed indeed and and um i i think that's one of the areas that i believe at uh, fanet you, you in your uh, network of franchises uh, you you will help those who are seeking that kind of advice to to even act knowing what questions to ask is i think is very important because we could be busy asking the wrong question and i think that's i think where the expertise come in and that you offer and your team at fanet right yes uh, you know a lot of people ask questions to validate their current perception you know it, it, it it's that self-fulfilling prophecy type of syndrome I, i'm i'm all or i'm I, i'm gonna validate the so that i get the answers i want well, that's that's not necessarily a good thing. We want them to look at things they haven't looked at, even if it's going to make them realize that's not the right option for them. So you 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 want to get to as much fact as you can. Perceptions are good, but what is the fact behind the perception? So that we 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 do that. I actually created the list with a, one of the uh, Canada's prominent franchise lawyers. There's a list that the Canadian Franchise Association has on their website of all the different questions that prospective franchisees should ask the franchisor, should ask existing franchisees, should ask the lawyers. So that's that's all part of the what we do is yes to that. That's that that's and I think that also leads to the one uh, the first uh, of the seven uh, um, sections in your book in the mindset, the next level mindset. I think uh, the way you are preparing uh, the, those who are looking for the next level to first start with the mindset, right? Very much so, and and because the mindset is the lens that we look through and see the world through. It's it's not just what we look out going in, at, like what comes at us, but it's also what we project out, and it's all at a subconscious level. So if you have a very rigid mindset, and I'll give you an example: somebody is immigrating to Canada, and well, we did it this way in our home country, so it'll automatically work over here. Not necessarily. So it's it's the mindset. I think what we've seen that the most successful franchisees or business owners, the mindset is that of I'm always learning. When I if if I have a win, fantastic. What I learn from it. If I had made a mistake, okay, you know what I learned from it. Mistakes are lessons. So it's being open to the lesson all the time, and the desire to continually grow. And and I want it because growth is one of the other the other core elements of the book. So many people think I got to grow my business. I got to grow my business. I have to grow sales. I have to grow customers. I have to grow staff. What I have to physically grow something. Well, I think and this ties right back to mindset, Rashid, is you have to grow your skills in the area of you're wearing you want to grow your business before you can grow the business. Otherwise, you get to the level of your own incompetence. That 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 that's that's so so well put together, Gary. I think it's much needed because um, when we come from different backgrounds of different uh, uh, countries or different uh, environment, even within the within Canada, right? It, or for example, what works in Greater Toronto area may not necessarily be a good fit in Ottawa. 
and we are only four or five hours and it's a different market different environment uh, some of the things will work some of the things will sound strange uh, or it will look like someone who's not belonging locally and is saying something right so that sense of relevancy sense of adapting to the mindset to be be able to relate to the market and establish opportunities or capture opportunities according to to the market that we are in and and as part of that i know that one of the biggest strength we have in canada this is our diversity it makes us stronger we come all of us in some ways and form we have come from uh, either first second or third generation from different backgrounds from different places that's why multiculturalism is a strong asset in canada but then in your in your 30 plus years of observation working with franchisees and franchisors and establishing system what is that what is a good way to uh, make this transition smooth and 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 make things more uh, relevant to what works today, not necessarily what is ideal or what is in the past. Okay, so clarity uh, of the question, are you asking make the transition to a business in Canada or are you asking a different question? Uh, make a transition in, uh, of a business in Canada and also for those who are already here and then they're trying to transition from, let's say, a traditional business that has uh, maybe required some set of mindset but it was not as as up to the power to go to the next level mindset to, to be able to become a franchise owner or to be able to acquire one or more than one location. So, so uh, my answer for this, is specific to franchising if it was somebody starting a business from scratch it would be a different response i, I think um the it's really important that in in franchising when somebody buys a franchise they're they're operating off of systems and process that have been created and tested by other people the more franchisees the more testing so um it's the ability to execute the systems that the franchisor is presenting uh, I, I want to say that again, it's the ability to execute the systems, follow the systems. So I, I, so many I've seen it so many times where people will buy the system. They love the brand. They buy this, the, the franchise to get access to all this. And then they don't do what the franchisor said they need to do. I'm going to do it my way. Yes. Yes. So, that's, that's the main, main challenge. So that goes back to fixed mindset. My way is better than the franchisor's way. So to answer the question you asked, Rashid, what is, what is, the, I think the most important things that people need to do before they buy a franchise is they need to take a deep, deep inventory of their three primary resources. One is what are their transferable skills? It is the most important resource because nobody's good at everything you, the, the franchisor might have really good systems around marketing and you've got a marketing background it's really easy for you but you if you don't have a background in hiring people then you've got to rely on the franchisor systems for that bridge so what are your skill strengths and what are your skill gaps mm -hmm. um the skill strengths you want the franchisor strengths to maximize your strengths that's the ideal world but you you want your strengths it's good it's okay if your strengths um are in areas where the franchisor has got weakness because that still works what you want to avoid is where the franchisor's skill gaps are your skill gaps mm -hmm. so when somebody is looking at um because the franchisor the systems are that bridge from your skill gap and the franchisor strength still with systems process coaching training it still creates a good opportunity for the franchisee 
provided the franchisee is willing to learn. You see how circular it is? Yes, it always yes. comes back to the ability to follow the systems is tied to being willing to learn, which ties back to mindset. Exactly. Okay. The other two skills or the two resources, pardon me, are how much money does somebody have? I find most people underestimate how much money it takes to launch and grow a business and also having realistic financial expectations for that journey. And the other is time. Oh, I'll just put in, I, I just have to put in eight hours a day and the bit that it's just, they'll come to me. Well, the business, what the first few years you're running the business, year one is a sacrifice year. You want to give it everything and that's going to compete with family, is going to compete with other life priorities. You build a foundation, a really strong foundation. That's what that sacrifice year is. We want growth to be a, a straight, consistent angle up, right? Right, right. Doesn't growth? There's a dip first. That's called the 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 Gulf of Sacrifice, and and that's in your pocketbook. It's in your time. It's in your lifestyle. But then, as you start building, now you rise higher than if you didn't go through that growth. Because if you don't go through growth, what are you? You're on a plateau, better known as a comfort zone. That's true. That's true. And that, that growth uh, is not linear. Always, it's not non-linear. It's, it's and we think there is just I'm gonna follow this. It's gonna reach me take me to where I need to reach and it, it, it's not working and if 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 we that's also again as you mentioned that's a, it's a very important mindset point and, and and let's let's come back to systems the franchise or systems and the importance of that it's when they when they start following the systems and it's not working that some franchisees tendency is well that's not working I'm, I'm going to do it my way and they haven't realized that I'm not doing it the right way the franchisor is asking. I'm doing some of it, but not enough of it. And so they they are stubborn, um, might be one word, or they, they are rigid, might be another word. But they it, they find it really hard to learn different ways. And sometimes they find it hard to ask for help. So when you talk about people coming into what do they need to know for a business, what are the skills I have? What are the skills I'm missing? And so that when they're look, going through that growth stage of the business, where am I going to struggle and how am I going to manage it? If they can learn all that through their research before they buy, they have a much higher likelihood of success. Yes, that's that's very true, Gary. Another observation is that some people who uh, had uh, businesses or still have businesses that are uh, facing uh, disruptions, that the, the traditional business is not franchised, their industry is not in demand, or the, the way things, for example, automation is taking over a lot of uh, traditional industries. And then they, they say, okay, let, we'll, we're going to uh, switch our business and uh, or sell it or close it down or whatever, and then uh, we will buy a franchise. And then all, all the people who are working as and a lot, a lot of people, they, they, they have people who are working with them for several years, and they try to take everyone with them to the new business. And one of the mindset I've noticed or one, uh, in a lot of conversation, they think that, okay, well, franchise is a system, so I don't have to figure out what uh, how it works. I uh, somebody has figured it out. I, as long as I own the system, as you mentioned earlier, without implementing it, it will work. So that's one of the issues. But the other thing is that, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll hire a manager and they will uh, run on its own. I don't have to be involved. That's another thing I've noticed a lot. So I'm not sure how, how that could lead to 
they are success well, with that mindset. Well, so there, there's a term we use. Um, there's a few different terms that are used in the industry. One is a semi-active or semi-absentee. Same thing. Um, I like to say manager-run businesses. They're run full-time, but the owner is not active in the day-to-day. -day. Now, the key, the key element is it doesn't mean they're inactive. Like if, if you're not putting 10, 15 hours on managing your business per week, don't go into business. Like you, you want to be managing the manager. The manager will run the day-to-day, -day, provided as an experienced manager from that industry. Um, so you hire well, and, and then you, you have uh, your staff. One of your, one of your staff is a, a assistant manager or supervisor so that anything happens to the manager, you've still got room. That's a leadership strategy, right? Yes. But the owner is still running the day-to-day, -day, uh, pardon me, running the manager and knowing what's going on. So they have a good key performance indicator, metrics. Uh, I, I was one of the number one things that came didn't matter if it was franchise or CEO or franchisee in my research. The vast majority of franchisees do not understand their key metrics. And, you know, it's like like um, what, unit profitability. What what are your cost of goods? What is your like? There's every business has different key metrics. So if if you can learn and manage five or six key metrics, that alone can change your business. Definitely, definitely. That's a, it's a very good point, and and uh, it should definitely uh, add value to those who are considering. So at uh, at Franet, uh, what are some of the upcoming uh, or current uh, developments? Uh, if some of the members who have not uh, yet reached out to Franet or the services you offer, what would you like them to know and uh, have in mind? Well, well, so so, uh, Franet is is it's a North American company. We've we've worked with thousands and thousands of people. My office is. I'm a franchisee myself, so I, I know that animal. Um, I've my franchise has worked with over two thousand people to help them figure out what business is right for them. Um, so before this is where people come in and thinking I I, I like food, therefore I want to have a restaurant, or I like golf, there I want to have a sports friend, whatever. We want our clients to take a step back and what we call reverse engineer the search process. So that what I was talking about, the goals and criteria earlier on. Yes. Um, we start by doing personality assessments, financial and risk assessment, and then a deep dive into goals, criteria, expectations, so that before they ever start looking at brands, they know and we know what that optimum business model is. And part of that, Rashid, is what are the must-have criteria and what is the would be nice to have criteria? If you've got three must have criteria and one of them is missing, close the file. It's not the right business. Yes. So, so we build all that. Then we introduce several options, specific brands that fit the model. And we coach everybody through probably 40, 50 hours of research at a minimum um, where they learn everything about the business so they can make an informed and educated decision. If they buy a franchise, then I get paid by the franchisor, so our services are no cost to them. It is important to understand that because of the immigration rules in Canada, entrepreneur visa and whatnot, they should have some type of either landed immigrant or permanent resident status, um, because that way they can they can research in two to three months, get it done, and then make the decision and start the franchise right away. If they don't have that, um, that if they need to go through the immigration process, 
there's four, six, eight months of back and forth with the immigration um, bodies of the governments, depending on which province it is, for approval. And franchisor might not wait. They might say, well, okay, well, this is where you want, but somebody else, while well, we, you've been waiting, has come along and they're a good fit. We're going to take them. Yeah. So, so what I'm I'm hearing is that the best way to start a, a franchise is when you are already in Canada and you have all your documentation. And once at the same time, you are already established and uh, with the resources, with the finances, with with uh, the preparation. And then that's the best time to start. Otherwise, you could be excited about it, but it, that doesn't mean you will acquire it because of all the steps you mentioned yes and you can invest an inordinate amount of time doing all the research and getting it and then all of a sudden you find it's not available because somebody else has moved faster and now you got to start yeah. over yeah. now different programs different provinces are are different are, are you know it's it varying so it's okay for somebody not to be here but they've done all the work and and they've got they're probably going to get approved status uh, landed immigrant or, or permanent residency within a couple of months, that's still good. But uh, th there's another element of why this is important to your listeners for th the franchise model. When somebody comes to Canada new, they're, they've already made the decision to take a big risk. They understand risk management. So if they apply some of the decision making that they use for figuring out how am I going to get to Canada, why I should get to Canada, you apply that now to what's the right business so that they've already got the risk management component down part of de-risking it or mitigating the risk buying a franchise you if you if you're following the systems the marketing you don't have to figure out who your customer is and how to build relationships with them because the franchisor tells you that you got to yeah. go out and do it but you've got the roadmap so yes. all the things that if you're starting a business from scratch you got to figure out with a franchise you don't have to so it it compresses the time to get up and running. It compresses the time to get from open to break even, and it compresses the time from break even to full income. And usually full income is higher and faster than if you figured it on your own. Like your own thing. Definitely, definitely. That's a very good point. Thank you, Gary. And then um, uh, as we are getting closer to wrap up our conversation for today, uh, what is, uh, in your observation, the outlook, not just for 2023, but going forward, maybe let's just, I know it's difficult to predict and see things uh, so far, like we were not, no one was seeing pandemic coming in. So, but what is the outlook going forward in, the, let's say, the next five to 10 years uh, in your experience and based on your research? Well, I, I, I think my crystal ball is made of mud after three years. But um, the in other words, I can't see anything that far. I, I think um, the it's really important for people to understand technology and how much in the last three years technology has accelerated um, the relationship between the franchisor, franchisee, and end customer. And let's let's go backwards from that. The end customer, Rashid, we are dealing with um, the most educated human uh, consumer in human history. They 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 know what they want, where to get it, what to pay for it, what the experience is that goes along with the price point, and so it's a lot more about what is the experience that they're willing to pay for. And if you start from that premise, understanding um, 
is it going to then technology how much technology comes in and can it be replaced by the internet or by offshoring or by artificial intelligence like ai is going to change a lot of it's going to accelerate a lot of um industries but it's also going to eliminate jobs and opportunity it's going to create new ones so where is where are companies ai susceptible uh labor labor is a challenge right now i think the labor we're going to see a softening of the labor challenge i think we're actually going to see uh, some coming back to it's going to be not easy easier to get and keep people so i think we're in a, a kind of a post-covid hiccup where we're still i'm not happy where i was um I, I i want these conditions but i'm willing to stay longer at the companies to get it and i think another big area on where i see franchising going is a lot more service-based businesses uh, that it's it's again that convenience factor people are going to want to have things done for them or they want to go and pay for extra higher level services those are more need-based businesses than impulse businesses. So impulse business, I can buy something anywhere and it's about, okay, I like that brand. Well, I'm half an hour away from where I normally go. Oh, there's one. Yeah. Off I go. <laughs> Whereas if it's a service-based business, I want to go to that location on my convenience. I think those are stronger businesses. Yeah, so, so uh, uh, businesses that uh, serve to actual needs of, have a, uh, tendency to be more resilient and have performed better over time. Yes, because yeah. if it if there's a couple of ifs, if the services that's in demand, regardless of what the economy or pandemic is doing, that's demand will always be there. And the other if is if the owner can lead and manage the team to deliver at the level of quality the customer expects. And this is where I think this is a really important message for your listeners it's not about the brand i'll buy that brand i'm automatically successful no that is not the way it works there are many franchisees that have bought big brands and have failed and failure doesn't mean only i'm going to close my doors it means i i i'm barely making any money i got to work twice the number of hours i normally do and i hate going in every day that's that's existing that's not living and, and a lot of people buy the wrong franchise and end up there yes so to me, it comes back to, I have to be able to lead my people to deliver the experience at or above the level that the brand promise is claiming. Mm -hmm. It's very, I gotta deliver on the brand promise. If I can't deliver on that, the brand can be great. People can come in two or three times and they're not gonna come back. And on the way out, they're gonna leave a bad review. Yes, yes, and it, it happens. We we all see it. We all see it, and yeah. there, there's a big gap between promise and expectation and delivery, and then it doesn't align all the time. So, so I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a visual. There for anybody going into business for themselves, um, and specifically for franchising, there's two bridges that they have to cross. So on on they're on one side of the river, and on the other side is the the promised land, the the land of success, and 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 I've I've got the lifestyle I want. The first bridge gets you over to the island in the middle of the river. And that bridge is, I'm going from employee to entrepreneur. And what all the, you asked earlier on, what are the things that we do to help people? Goals, criteria, skills. They buy the franchise. Now they're on the island. You think, okay, I bought the franchise. I'm on the other side of the river. No, they're on the, I'm an entrepreneur. You can sit there and say, I'm an entrepreneur and not do anything. And you're not going to have a good business. 
So the second bridge is following the franchise or systems and processes for one to two years to really learn them. And now you've got the business running. Now you've landed on the other side. You've learned how to learn. You've learned how to grow. And now you can really take that business to some exciting places. But if you don't learn, you might, well, I'm halfway there and I don't like what the franchise are doing. They essentially jump off the bridge and go into the current. And the current brings them back to the island until they keep, they keep on going until they learn that lesson or they run out of money and, and fail. Exactly. So, so, so our takeaway among so many great points is that for those who are looking to acquire franchises or expand what they have and, and do more in, in this in space and industry, they, they need to have that mindset of being ready to cross those two bridges. And in order to cross those two bridges, they have to do two things. One is to reach out to you and to find it, and then also to uh, get the book, The Unstoppable Franchisee. So how can they get the book? When will it be released for public? And uh, so, so you, you can pre-order the book right now on Amazon. Just do a Google search, I mean, an Amazon search of The Unstoppable Franchisee, right. um, and it'll come up. Um, it, the ebook is available. There, there, there's gonna, it's on March 7th is when it's going to be released. So, um, but that's for single orders. For if a franchisor wants to buy it for all their franchisees, then they can buy direct through me on, on and I give discounts for that on bulk orders. Okay, very nice, very nice. We uh, are also looking forward to feature uh, you and your book uh, in the upcoming uh, uh, edition of the magazine, Canadian Business Owner Magazine, the spring edition, which will be released in April. So we will also encourage everyone to, uh, after watching this to make sure you pre-order your book or order it if it's by, by then it's already uh, released and also uh, follow those uh, words of wisdom that comes with so much research and over 30 years of Gary Pernavert's uh, dedication to this industry uh, going through the uh, the long journey of making uh, sure things would work over time and consistently because uh, following the system and having that mindset that we discussed about. Thank you so much, Gary. And we really appreciate the time to have this conversation with you. We look forward to having you featured in the magazine and to future conversations as we go forward. Well, I appreciate you having me on as a guest, Rashid. And uh, I, I'm here to answer questions for in the future. Um, to me, the only silly question is the one that's not asked. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much, Gary. And uh, really looking forward uh, to be in touch with uh, with more words of wisdom from you in the future and future you in the magazine as well. Thank, thank you, you very much. All, all the very you. best. Same to you. Thank you. Mm -hmm.